uh, what I have got is a lot of anticipation, and, and I, that's what I sense in the house. I, I hope that's not just a New Year thing or a wishful thinking thing. I don't think it is. Uh, this morning as well was a very precious time. I'm sorry if you're here this morning, you get me again, but uh, just so convinced. I said it this morning in, in a different way, but Aslan's on the move, um, and there is just a, a sense of a stirring and a joining in, and um, you are so welcome here. If you're new to us, have my welcome too. I'm Tim, been around a while, and... Um, you're in the best place, can I just say that? I don't mean this particular church, there's lots of great churches, but if we're really serious about the things of God, the things of life, the things of death, the things of what on earth are we doing on this planet, then we need to be connecting in these kinds of ways. I don't just mean on Sundays, but, uh, but with each other, pursuing truth, singing praise. You may be new on the journey, you may be established in the journey, but, uh, and here we are, a bunch of us, all different and unique, uh, but loved by God and, and drawn into his purposes. And we're just sensing that, that he's kind of speaking to us in the way that he seems to be speaking across uh, so many other parts of his church at the moment about, about the more, the more that there is for for all of us, and um, that's a great theme at the beginning of, of any new year. But oh, Happy New Year, by the way, Happy New Year. Um, is it just me, or does it seem to go quicker every year? One minute the tinsel's up, and the next it's gone, and we're all stripped back and off to work again, but I hope you had a good time. In my view, uh, Christmas and New Year are never restful. Uh, they're fantastic, but most of you have been traveling around and, or hosting people or both, and now you need a holiday. Is that right? That, that's how it feels for me. Um, but talking of, of, of this kind of hunger and pressing, and there's a woman I, I know, she's from this area, different church. A few years ago, a few Januaries ago, she was just quite a, a recent follower of Jesus, actually, but feeling dissatisfied with where she was at in her faith, in her prayer life, just wanted the more sense that there was more. She was, wasn't particularly kind of instructed, but she, she was reading her Bible, and she just knew that there was more. And her, her attention as she was reading was drawn to this reality of, of fasting. And uh, yeah, there's, that's, that's where we're going tonight, so you, you weren't expecting that maybe, but, um, but she, she began uh, this habit, or began to form a new year habit, and she said this, that um, in, the, in that year, about five years ago, she uh, devoted nine weeks and gave up food for one day a week uh, for each of those nine weeks. She felt led to, to pray for nine different situations and people, as well as her own relationship with the Lord. That was what she was kind of drawn towards in, in the more, there must be more. And uh, she said this at the end, God moved in many ways during that time, and while most of the answers, uh, the answers didn't appear during those particular nine weeks, God did increase my faith that, he would, uh, that they would come, he would answer, and within a year of that first fast, my lost friend came to faith in Jesus, another friend was delivered from a long-standing addiction, a couple whose marriage seemed doomed are still married two years later. My unmarried friend is still unmarried, but I see her enjoying a new peace. And she said that she went on, I wrote it down. I learned that fasting isn't a guarantee that every request will be answered, though I found it helped me to pray with more energy. The most important personal result of my fast was that I felt more in love with Jesus, my Savior and my Lord. Circumstances were indeed changed, but more importantly, I was changed and I'm hungry for more. And uh, she added, by the way, she referenced a verse, which I think will be an, become a, a really important uh, verse, or even more important verse for us uh, over the course of the next few weeks where we're going as a church, which is Jeremiah 29, verse 13, that says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Friends, we've been singing songs of desperation tonight. We've been singing songs of, of longing and of wanting to honor God. And, you know, we're always conscious that, that, that there's a gap between um, if you like, that, that 100% that all of your heart represents and the percentage of my heart that is currently given to the Lord. We're all aware of that. That doesn't make it wrong to sing the songs, right? It's an aspirational thing. This is, this is what I would love to be the case. Uh, and there's God saying, you know, come after me, seek me with all your heart. 
A couple of weeks, uh, weeks ago, was it only a couple of weeks, Andrew was here talking about, he threw out a question at the carol services. Do you remember that if you were here? He said, um, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? As we begin this new year, I just want us to, to broaden that question and get into, I don't know if you're still in touch with the answers to that, by the way. Maybe you are or you aren't. But what do you want for 2024? Are you in touch with that? Are you in touch with your desires for what lies ahead? God has made us with you know, desires and, and appetites, and to a large extent, our lives are, are sort of determined by the things that we go after, because that's what we want, whether we get tripped up along the way or get distracted, but we're, we're driven by our desires, so the question isn't, do we have them? The question is, where are they pointed? Where are your appetites pointed? Where are your desires pointed? Where, what do you want? What do you really, really want, said a pop group once, famously. Are you in touch with that? And of course, there's so many different levels to that, a million different levels. I was thinking, in, in my own case, down at this sort of level, I'd quite like a new bathroom this year. I mean, that would be, that would be I want a bathroom. I'd quite like my garden to be neater. I'd quite like my waistline to be a bit smaller. I'd quite like my family to be a bit bigger. Please, Lord, three wives for my three boys this year. Um, I'd quite like more grandchildren. I'd like my government to be a bit more functional than they currently are. I'd like homelessness to be eliminated in this town. You know, a whole range of different kind of levels of, of desire, right? And you've got your version of that if you connect with it. I'm going to say at the the broadest, deepest, highest level though, I really, really want to see more of God move in our nation and in our town and in our church and in our homes and in my heart. I really want that. I want for that hunger to increase and to the extent that you share that hunger, I want yours to increase too and I think that's what the Lord is calling us to and I think that's what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do and will do as we give our yes to him. But it's so important and by the way, those sub-desires are are, are all good ones and to some extent, of course, they're they're still connected with the top one. On a very personal note, um, if you'll forgive me, uh, if you get prayer mail, you'll you'll know this already but my father-in-law has been very ill, Hill's dad's been very ill, he actually died last night. And uh, it, it, it's been a very rapid decline. He was not a healthy man. Uh, but Christmas Day, he was sitting over there and had Christmas lunch, Christmas Day evening. We took him into Gloucester Royal, and he's been there ever since. And he died last night. And so there's a lot of sadness uh, around in the family. There's a lot of thanksgiving for Adrian, all that was good in his life. There's a lot of thanksgiving for God's mercy shown to him in all kinds of ways in this last period of time too. Uh, but there's nothing quite like coming close to death, and many of you would have had that experience, uh, to help put some things in perspective. So when we think about you know, what I really, really want, the, the, the new bathroom, frankly, in the light of issues of life, death, eternity, destiny, they, the, the bathroom is, is still there, but it's, it's quite low down, if I'm really honest. And I think there's something that God is doing, just aligning us. And it's not to be heavy, by the way. I don't want us to feel, oh gosh, it's a really heavy kind of start. But there is something weighty about this. Of course there is. And it's right that we engage with it. What is our assignment together? What is it that we're called to be, to do? And so much of what we want at that deeper level So much of what we want, if we're honest, as those of us who are followers of Jesus, what we want to see, really, that that high level, God, we want to see you move. We want to see bodies healed, wounds healed. We want to see lives turned around. We want to see addictions broken. We want to see captives released. We want to see peace come. We want to see hope arise where there is no hope. We want to see lives transformed, all kinds of things. All of that only happens in Jesus' power and strength. We can't make any of that happen, none of it. 
requires the power of the Holy Spirit of God to move. Hence our title, it's on the screen. This is the title that we've, we've chucked over the whole series this term, God Moves. God moves, he moves, God moves, he's moved through history, he's moving now, God moves. But there's something about the way that he set up the world and us that he moves kind of linked with in partnership, correlated to what we do. That's his choice, he did that, we didn't, you know, we don't have a say in that. He could have done it differently. He's chosen to do it like that. He's drawn us into the way that that works and and that he moves. So only he can do the things that we really, really want to see happen. But we have a part to play. And the part is in the second half of the sentence. Well, he's wanted. You'll seek me when you find me with all of your heart. And by the way, he's, he's not saying that because he's hiding and he's awkward and we've got to try really, really hard to find him. No, he's not hiding from us. He's hiding for us, said somebody. A bit like, you know, a a good parent kind of hides a little bit from a toddler, but they don't make it too difficult. Because there's something about the the, the wooing of the toddler just to to come find that is so beautiful when, when the connection is made. And it's a little bit like that. God is saying, come, seek Give me a whole heart. Put all of the the emotions on the table. Put all of your your wants and your desires there. Bring your whole self. Yes, it's a broken self, but bring all of it. Because the answer to everything that you really, really want, which is to say what you also really, really need and what the world needs is found in me. And I so want to move. God moves where he's wanted. So that's our focus for for kind of this period of time. and as part of that, we're inviting people into this, this 21-day period of, of fasting and prayer. I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, the woman, by the way, whose story I told, she was so dissatisfied, wasn't she? She had a holy discontent. It was a hunger that drove her to do some things. Uncomfortable things, actually. And that is the mark of how much we want something. So when we say, I really, really want... Well, the the measurement of that is not our words, it's our actions. It's what I'm prepared, the obstacles I'm prepared to to push over in order to get what I really, really want. The opposition I'm prepared to push through, the cost I'm prepared to pay, the the sacrifice I'm prepared to make in order to go after what I really, really want. And fasting, nobody loves fasting, literally. Uh, But there's something about engaging in this act that the Bible uh, calls us to, and it's part of this expression of our want. Times are dark, friends. I don't think I I need to persuade you about that. Times are dark. Our nation has largely turned its back on on God. And in the last several decades, we are reaping the consequences of that. I would say now more seriously than ever, but there's been this kind of decline in in culture. And frankly, the church um, is... isn't immune from that. I don't have a downer on the church here, but uh, it's not hard to see how, we comprom- how we've compromised with culture, how I would say there's been an erosion of uh, sort of trust and confidence and respect for the word of God in the Bible. I think there's been a watering down of the gospel. I think there's a high fear of man in the church and a low fear of God. We've been speaking a bit about that together, haven't we? There's a high faith in man's competence, low expectation in God's power, and, and on and on. But there is this sense of hunger being reawakened, isn't there? There is a sense of, God, we need you. We want you. Our songs, the songs that are emerging at the moment are in this theme. And we have that sense. And we've been, we've been there for some time. So I'm not saying anything that's not been said here for a while. We, we, we so yearn for our, our longings, our wants to be aligned with uh, the Lord and what he wants to do in our hearts, in our homes, in our churches, and in this land. 
So the fear of the Lord, that wasn't just a nice sermon series we did uh, in the autumn here at Trinity. There's a continuation of that. This continues to be an expression of our, of our yearning, of our desire for the more of him. So for this next period, we believe that the Lord is leading us to be really intentional about this. And uh, fasting is nothing if not um, intentional. I want to say a few things um, about it. I was interested, by the way, to open an email just before I came here this morning. Um, I subscribed to various churches, and I had a, an email from one of them, you know, the circular thing. Um, and it just said this, this, uh, this January, our church is setting aside a dedicated time of feasting on the presence of God. Our mandate is revival. Our house seeks to camp out around the presence of God in all that we do. We might share that aspiration and value. So in this same pursuit, we felt led by the Holy Spirit to intentionally seek him this January. Fasting creates more room for us to feast on the Lord's presence and seek his power. Amen to that. He's expressed it better than I have. But it's interesting, isn't it? I was encouraged by that because this is not something we're doing as individuals particularly. It's something that is a together call. And it's not just even this church. Interesting that other churches are joining in with this kind of thing. Jeremiah 29, 13, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And by the way, I do want to say at this point that some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm not very hungry for that. I don't really know what you're talking about. I don't, I'm not sure what I really, really want, and I'm not sure I would express it in the way that you have. Friends, of course, that's fine. There's no judgment here. We, we've got to ditch the whole kind of comparison thing. We're in different places. But I'm pretty convinced that there are a bunch of people in the room, and I've been there often myself in my life, you're hungry to be in that place. You're hungry to be hungry. You'd like for those to be your wants. You would like for your, your desires to be purified. You recognize that a new bathroom is down here and actually more of God transforming lives and eternal destinies like that of my father-in-law who died last night. Yeah, that's, that's where I'd like to be. I, like to, I, I want for that kind of desire, that kind of hunger to, to shape the way that I, I live and respond to God. Fasting has a lot to do with hunger, <laughs> to say the really obvious. Fasting has a lot to do with hunger. There's no coincidence there. And by the way, all biblical fasting is food. Um, so of course we can fast from all kinds of things. And I will mention that in a moment, but, but that's where it starts. And why it's not a random thing, it's because there's something, you know, physical, spiritual, they're intertwined. Fasting has a lot to do with, with hunger. So I'm just going to chuck out just for a few minutes uh, some real headline stuff, a kind of what, why, how about fasting in particular. Um, it's not that that's the only thing we're calling ourselves to do. We need to pray. But fasting will be the less familiar thing to, to, to some or even many in the room. Make no apology then. If you're, you know, fasting has been part of your Christian experience for a long time, great. Well, have a refresher course. But for many, it may be a little bit new, and you might want to be reminded of some stuff. All the resources will be on the website. If you need more, you will need more. Um, go on the website, the Walking with God section, and, the, and there's, there's resources there. Bible doesn't have a neat definition of fasting, by the way, but here's a few that other people have come up with. Uh, Lloyd-Jones said, fasting is voluntarily going without food or any other regularly enjoyed good gift from God for the sake of some particular spiritual purpose. That's pretty clear. John Piper, but similar, fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that is in itself good, like food, in order to intensify our expression of need for something greater, namely God. And his work in our lives. But this is a slightly more contemporary version which works for me. Fasting is a way of saying with our stomach how much we need and want more of Jesus. All saying the same sort of thing. You get the idea. 
And uh, the scriptures, of course, are full of fasting from beginning to end, full of descriptions of people fasting and, and what they're fasting for. And some of them are individual, some of them are collective, some of them are, are sort of private, some of them more public, some of them total fasting, some partial, etc. Um, and Daniel will be a good example of somebody who's um, associated with fasting. We even have something called the Daniel fast. I'm not convinced. It's not something of a diet more than the fast at times, but there was Daniel for in various moments through the book of Daniel. Others, uh, we find him fasting and through the New Testament too. I think it's helpful sometimes to go what it's not, to say what it's not. Can I just briefly remind us what fasting isn't? Um, it's not just skipping some meals by accident and then calling it fasting. <laughs> Um, there's a sort of intentionality required here, and just because you're busy and you miss lunch, I'm not quite sure that, that, that qualifies, uh, although it might be quite good to miss lunch. Uh, it's not a hunger strike to get something from God. It's not, I'm not eating until you do something, God. It's not that. We don't have that contractual arrangement with, with the Lord of the universe. Uh, there's no such thing as fasting between meals. Um, it's not aimless. Uh, this, this matters. There's purpose, you know, said in those, those quotes. Fasting is always linked with it. There's some purpose. It may be sharp and, and identifiable. It may be slightly more general, but there's a, there's a reason, there's a purpose. If, if there isn't, it's not Christian fasting. It's just going hungry. Uh, it's not an end in itself. I'm not sure that we are a particularly religious church, and I'm really thrilled about that. Um, so I don't think this will be the case, but it, let's not see it as just a tick box. Oh, gosh, the Bible says we should do fasting, so we're doing fasting. It's not that. It's, an, it's, a, it's a means to an end, not the end itself. So many of the healthy habits that we have are like that. They're not an, an end in itself. Thou shalt go to church, as if that in, in itself is the key thing. No, it's a means to something greater, which is a greater devotion, a greater uh, giving of ourselves in surrender to the Lord. Uh, it's not self-promotion, clearly. It's not about impressing people. We've got to, in this next period of time, especially while we engage in this together, we've got to ditch the whole comparison thing, or, gosh, I fasted more than you did, or I did it better than you did, or any of that nonsense. We've got to get rid of that. We're not impressing anybody. In fact, Jesus basically calls it a private thing, that we don't even share that we're doing it. We're calling to a public fast, but we're not saying, so what are you doing, what are you doing, and what are you doing? Uh, it's definitely not dieting. It's a bit of a 21st century thing, but let's just m make sure we understand that. Fasting is not dieting. Um, dieting may be very good for us, by the way, but it's not the same. Uh, dieting changes how you look, uh, but fasting changes the way we see, said somebody rather wisely, um, and they're different. So there may be some health benefits, but that's not the, the main reason. And I know that some of us will be sitting there and going, okay, you know, I, I, I kind of get this, but really abstaining from something good that's so countercultural. That's so not what our culture ever kind of um, encourages us to do. Why would you ever deny yourself something that's pleasurable in this age of all ages? Why would you do that? So countercultural. Well, yes, friends, let's remind ourselves the kingdom of God is entirely countercultural. On every page of our scriptures, the Lord calls us to live in a different way. A holy way, holy means set apart and different. So going hungry on purpose, abstaining from stuff, it sounds so negative. Well, it's not remotely negative. It's hard and it's costly and it's sacrificial, but it's not negative. It's part of the point. In the Bible, um, fire falls on sacrifice. Think about all those Old Testament stories. 
Firefall, God's fire falls on sacrifice. There's something, I know that's an Old Testament image, but there's something beautiful about our surrender and our willingness to pay a price for something that attracts the activity and the, 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 uh, the participation, the power even, the presence of, of the Lord. And so obviously it's opposed it's going to be opposed. This is a spiritual activity. So the world, the flesh, and the devil, especially in the case of fasting, our flesh, by the way, are going to say, no, don't do it. Of course they are. My flesh, I hate fasting. I've got a long practice of fasting, but I've never, I enjoy it just as little now as I ever did years ago. Because my flesh goes, no, go to the fridge. Why fast? Um, Again, there isn't a simple verse in the Bible, and, and I've expressed some of the why that we're doing it. It's like an amplifier to our, uh, to our prayers. Prayer and fasting do belong together. We put fasting first um, to, make, to make an impact. Uh, but it's like an amplifier. I've said it like this in the past. Fasting is like expressing your longing for God or for his power to act in a particular way, and then it's like underlining it, putting it in bold, putting it in italics, and putting an exclamation mark at the end. That's what it's like doing. That's what fasting does to, to prayer. It's an amplifier. Famously, Mark, Mark 9, verse 29, the boy comes uh, with that demonic oppression. The, the, the followers of Jesus say, we couldn't get rid of the, the demon. How, how come we couldn't make any difference to this? And Jesus says, well, because this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. So there's a link there, isn't there, with, with kind of this. It amplifies the power of prayer. And it's, it's an important practice. Is it a matter of obedience? Well, Jesus clearly assumes, by the way, that his followers will fast. It kind of shouldn't need saying, but it, it absolutely does. I was looking at the history of this. And for 1,500 years, you know, in, in the early church, this was completely normal. People wouldn't be remotely surprised to hear you talk about fasting alongside the other major foundational practices that go with our faith, like praying and reading the Bible and gathering in groups like this to worship God. Fasting was just completely normal. Everybody did it. They'd always done it. It was just normal. And I don't know. I've got some theories as to why it began to die out in the Western church particularly. Uh, it, it survived well in other traditions, but in our, in our own, less so. But if we've got any notion that this is a kind of optional extra, that's one of those special things that you do if you're particularly holy. We need to ditch that idea. The Bible does not endorse that for a minute. Jesus says, when you fast, da, da, da. He says it a number of times. Matthew 6, Matthew 9, other places. The, 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 the Acts of the Apostles, the, the early church is quite obvious. They, they just routinely had this sense of, yeah, this is what we do. This is part of the way that we express our longing for the more of God. It was normal Christian behavior, and we need to recapture normal Christian behavior. And friends, again, I should have said this earlier, please let's, let, let's um, rid ourselves of any sense of judgment or guilt about this. Maybe you've never fasted in your life, and you've not, never really wanted to, and you're still wondering about it. That's okay, that you don't get any judgment from me and, and from each other. I'm just drawing our attention to what the Bible says. Um, but it's a beautiful thing, because everything that God gives us is, is beautiful. So far too powerful a tool just to leave on the shelf. Lots of mentions in the Bible of fasting. I haven't got time to do any of them justice, so I won't even try. I, I've said this in the past, that they're kind of, they're kind of grouped around three particular areas. 
Um, and if we want to understand by, uh, fasting, we need to go to the Bible, not just to somebody else's experience. So check this out in the resources if you want to over the coming weeks. Part of it is inward, fasting for, for um, reasons of um, repentance and uh, longing just to, to bring our kind of confession to, to God. There's lots of examples of that in the, all through the Bible. Um, there was uh, one, one instance, 1 Samuel 7, one, just one instance of that. God's people becoming freshly aware of their rebellion against God. They've, they've turned to idols, and there's this moment where they come back to the Lord. And they direct, 1 Samuel 7, 3, they direct their heart to the Lord to serve him only. They assemble under Samuel's leadership, and they fast as a demonstration of their repentance, and, and they confess, we've sinned against the Lord. So there's, a, there's a lot around repentance. That's interesting, isn't it? When we're called to that, uh, Abraham Lincoln, when uh, he was president of, of America way back when, he called a national day of fasting for a very similar reason. I haven't got time to give the whole quote, but part of it goes like this. Um, 30th of April, uh, 1863 it was, a day of uh, national humbling fasting and prayer. He called the whole nation to this. Intoxicated, he said, with unbroken success as a nation, we've become far too self-sufficient to feel the necessity for God, too proud to pray to the one who made us. It behoves us then to humble ourselves before him, confess nationally our sins, pray for clemency, purity, and forgiveness. Oh, that we would have a, um, a government that would, that would say that kind of thing, or somebody who would call us to that kind of thing. Well, in the church, we can. We don't need to wait for somebody to call us to that. That's interesting, isn't it? All around repentance. There's, a, there's a, an outward movement associated with um, kind of circumstances that are terrible, things that go wrong in life, tragic things that happen, a whole bunch of examples of that in the Bible, where the people fasted as a sign of their grieving, as a sign of, God, would you do something in the midst of this tragedy that's happened? And then perhaps the third category, I'd call it forward, is around particular reasons or situations where we want God to do something. We want God to break in. We want to see power in this moment in, for this reason. Many, many examples of that. By the way, all, all of these are directed Godward because ultimately fasting is, is all directed towards the Lord. It's, it's him that we're looking to see move. But Esther sought God's favor she fasted for favor. Nehemiah fasted for favor. Direction, Jehoshaphat. Uh, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Give us direction. And they fasted. Rescue, there's David on his knees. Weak through fasting, says Psalm 100. For guidance, whether they should go to war. For deliverance, we've spoken about Mark, um, the Mark 9 example of the, of the boy. For discernment, they want to select. Who, who, who are we going to select, Lord? How are we going to discern? So they're worshiping and fasting and praying, and they select Paul and Barnabas in Acts um, Five or six. For healing, David, again, king, his, his, his son is sick. What does he do? He fasts because he wants breakthrough in, in, in healing. Um, I said this morning, there's a, we, should, we should pray. I'm not going to name them right now, but I'll put it out on prayer mail probably tomorrow with permission. There's a very, very sick um, baby in Bristol, uh, member of this congregation, and we need to pray. Maybe we need to direct some of our fasting towards the healing of that child. Protection. Ezra, pray, pray for protection, comfort. So all of these things, do we want any of those? Of course we do. We want all of them. We want all of them. And fasting is rooted in, in the sense that we can't make any of that happen. Fasting is rooted in our sense of awareness that we're weak, that we're hungry, that we lack. But God doesn't. And all of it, all of those 
breakthroughs, power, we need this, we would, we'd love to see this, we'd love to see this happen in our lives or, or others. Above all, we want to see more of you, Lord. Above all, we want to see more of you, a longing for more of God himself. As Sarah said in the video, it's a line I've used before, Christian fasting is not mainly about what we go without, it's about who we want more of. Well, let that hang over this year and these next few weeks. And by the way, I should say, friends, that we're not really, I mean, part of us, this is, is a 21-day focus. Yeah, it is. Actually, if I'm really honest, I would love for it to become, for all of us, if, if it's not already, part of the regular diet of the way that we connect with God. Because we will reap the benefits of that, and his church will be the stronger for it. But that's where, this is where we're starting. Right, just a few practical things to finish, and, and then we will finish, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pray. Um, start, so starting this Wednesday, I'd love to see everybody there if you possibly can be uh, as part of our, our kind of gathering, Kingdom Come gathering, and then for 21 days through to the end of the, end of the month. Um, I mentioned it about uh, the Bible's version of fasting is, is almost always about uh, food. Um, Paul does mention abstaining from sex at one point. I think it's the only other example of fasting I can find in the Bible, but we won't get too distracted by that one just now. Um, of course there are other ways to fast, of course there are, and powerful things, and many of you will have done these things as I have too, like social media, getting, you know, fasting from social media for a while, or getting off video games, or off screens, or shopping, or pleasurable things, things that are good gifts that God has given for our enjoyment, but we are voluntarily choosing to abstain from them for a while. Really, really good, but I'm, not, I'm unashamedly going to go that for most of us, the encouragement is to fast food. Uh, unless there's a good reason not to. And at this point, as a leader in the church, I need to put a big klaxon alert up there, which says food fasting is not for everybody. It really, really isn't. So if you fall into the categories of person where this would be the wrong thing for you to do, here now, don't do it. Choose something else to fast from. Um, pregnant mums, obviously various medical conditions, diabetes, eating disorders, those kind of things. For some people, food is, to get, sadly, to give up food actually is, is not... Um, such a trial. Well, the point is to give up a good gift from God that we really enjoy. Uh, and most of us, most of us, that is, that is food. At the very least, if you're in those, uh, and you're wondering if you're in those uh, arenas, then get some medical advice. And by the way, the, the kids in our church and the youth in our church are also engaging this in age-appropriate ways, in appropriate ways uh, for them to, because the, 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 the call is to do this as a family, friends. And you may not consider Trinity your family, and that's fine. You may be visiting tonight. You may have just walked walk through the door, and you weren't expecting this. <laughs> um, and I'm I kind of sorry, not sorry, but this is who we are. This is what we feel God has called us to, to be and do. But for those of you who are, for, for the vast majority of us, can, can, can we sign up to this? It'll look different for each of us. Of course it will. This is the last Sunday, by the way, for a few Sundays that we'll have nice rocky road at the back. Uh, so if, if you visit us next time expecting the same rocky road, you're not going to get it because that would just be to kind of to put too much temptation in the way of those who happen not to be eating that kind of food on a Sunday evening as part of their fasting. Uh, so four, four real quick things and then more on the website about the how, how we do this, how we go about it. Clarify what we're fasting for. I've said that there's got to be purpose behind this. And feel free to, to adapt your whatever purpose you, you want to go for. But if we're part of this church, what we're saying is we're looking to go after more of the presence of, of Jesus. We're looking to go after more of the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst, in ourselves, in our own hearts, in our homes, in this church, in this town, and in this nation. That's a preview of the next four Sundays, by the way. Hearts, homes, church, nation. That's, 
the big banner under which we're fasting, but it may be that specifically within that, there are some breakthroughs you'd love to see in your life or in your life group or in your family or somebody you know who hasn't come to the Lord. Well, you add those to to your thing. But clarify what you're fasting for, because unless we're clear why we're doing it, it's just going hungry. Start small, especially if this is new to you. Have a plan about that. Start small. We're talking 21 days, so it needs to be something that's kind of sustainable. Um, And again, don't be uh, intimidated by somebody else. It does need to cost something. That is part of the point. I think, again, that's why choosing social media over food might be an easier... Oh, I think that's a bit easier, so I'll do the easy thing. Well, no, that's that's not what we're saying. Um, But if for you it will be hard to give up one meal every other day... Okay, give up. that's where you start, to give up one meal every other day. For others, it might be giving up one meal every day. You only have two meals a day, let's say. Or you only have one meal every day. Or you do something every other day, or whatever. Don't hear from here us being prescriptive. Just work this out with yourself, maybe with a friend if you like. But work it out between you and God, how it's going to work out for you. Um, maybe you're cutting out, well, probably all cutting out snacks. That's just a good thing to do anyway. Um, how about cutting out favorite foods? Um, how about keeping to something really, really plain and simple and pretty boring? Um, or just the whole fruit and veg thing? For others, uh, if over 21 days, maybe you deny yourself the pleasure of chewing any food. So it's entirely liquid from, from this Wednesday for 21 days. You know, boring broccoli soups and stuff that have been pulped to a thing and you just, you know. Um, I, I w- was hesitant about sharing some of my own experience. Hills encouraged me to share a, a bit. One, so for the sake of, I've done a whole, a whole variety of different kinds of fasts. One of the things I find the hardest is day one. So if I go without food for do a, literally a liquid fast, without all food for you know, a period of time, day one is the worst day. I feel really, really hungry by the end of day one. And so because sometimes hunger, uh, fasting is linked to hunger and I want to be more spiritually hungry, I deliberately repeat day one for let's say a month, probably what I'll do this time. That is to say, deny myself all the kind of favorite foods, have a small and modest meal at the end of day one when I'm extremely hungry. Um, And rather than just then not have any food, because I get less hungry bizarrely, repeat that for for a month. Does that make sense? I didn't explain that very well. That that kind of works for me though, because it, it keeps me very in touch with my hunger if it's a long fast. But you need to choose something that works for you and make a plan. There's no prizes, it's not a competition, be sensible, pray, uh, etc. Plan what you'll do instead of eating. For, for most of us, this will create a bit more time and probably a little bit less money for us, so that's an advantage over the next month or so. Um, well, how about thinking about what to do with that resource of time and money? Um, maybe link it with something that we're fasting for and be sensitive to others. I think that's really important. As I've said, most fasting is, is personal, it's private, we don't share it, don't tell others about it, we know that we're doing it collectively as a team, as a, as a family, um, but I think, you know, rocking up to a dinner party and, and going, oh, by the way, I'm not eating anything, <laughs> is just a bit weird and rude, um, so let, let's, do, let's not do that, just be, be normal. I need to wrap this up. Highly, highly countercultural thinking this is a weird, some of us are still thinking this is freaky, this is weird. Yeah, it's okay. The Bible has some things which on the face of it look a bit weird, but it's, it's, uh, the kingdom of God is countercultural. It is not for a special, special category of believer. It really isn't. It's not like, oh, I've got to reach a stage of maturity before I do that kind of thing. Give it a go. Give it a go. Three weeks. Like most things, 
the enemy, good things, the enemy has an interest in magnifying the cost of it and minimizing the benefit of it. Let's just be alert to that. But the heart of it is longing. The heart of it is longing. I wrote this, we're putting our stomach where our heart is to give added intensity to our ache. And some of us are aching a lot. Going back to where we started this, this is linked with desire. Some of us really, really want for things to change in our own lives. We, we're like that woman I quoted earlier. We are so dissatisfied. There is a holy discontent, a God-given discontent, because we yearn for the more. We're fed up with where we've got to, we're, you know, whatever. And, and we've got to pour fuel on the fire of that discontent. We don't try and get rid of that discomfort. We don't like it, but we get, don't get rid of it because it's a holy one. It's a God-given one. And fasting, we're praying that fasting will, will be the fuel for that fire. It takes our, our deepest prayer and it puts it in bold and underlined and italics and adds its exclamation mark. And above all, it's that physical way of clearing out stuff out of the way, clearing some other stuff out of the way, simplifying a bit, in order to recognize that heart's cry, which is on all the posters and the material and the website, which says, move, Lord. Would you move, Lord? Would you move again, Holy Spirit, in power? Because we want more of you.